Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do, to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome to today's show, everyone. This is a follow-up show. And this is going to be all about how we unwind our psychological stories. I'll give you a little bit of review from the last episode, but I do suggest you go back to the last episode before you listen to this one. But let's do a quick review. Last time we talked about the idea that it's not behaviors and habits, it's beliefs and identity. If you want to change The whole world says, hey, change your habits, change your behaviors, and you'll automatically change. But the fact remains that if we can't change our beliefs and the person who we think we are, our identity, habits and behaviors flow out of those things. So we'll constantly be running into a brick wall with our change, which from my perspective is the reason why most people can't make change in the realms of finance, in the realms of health and fitness, in the realms of their personal relationship dynamics, and uh, being able to have a life of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Now, what, though, is behind beliefs and identity? What is behind beliefs and identity are stories. And that's where I want to take off today. Now, when we typically think about stories, we think about Hollywood, you know, movies, and we think about books we've read and those kinds of things. Those are not the stories I am talking about in this episode. The stories I am talking about are the stories that we write ourselves or wrote in our unconscious. Let's go through this really quickly. The analogy I like to use is an analogy of what I used to do when I was a young boy. I would be bored in elementary school and I would find strings of yarn or a string or an old shoelace on the floor and I would pick it up. And because I was bored, what are you going to do with a big long string? Well, you're going to tie a knot in it. That's what I would do anyway. So I tie a knot and then I tie another knot and another knot and another knot. A knot on top of a knot on top of a knot on top of a knot until I had this big ball of yarn or this big wadded shoelace or this big sort of ball of knotted string. Now, if you understand that, that initial knot that I tied, right, is deep down buried in that ball of yarn or that ball of string. That knot is a metaphor for 
the stories that we believe or we tell ourselves about the world. For example, when I was a kid, uh, I remember one episode that uh, my mother and father, they had four children. They were running back and forth constantly, taking us to football practice, you know, uh, soccer practice, basketball practice, you know, band practice, all these different practices, four different kids, only two parents. And I happened to have gotten left when I was pretty young for a period of time uh, at a ballpark. It was started to get dark. I started, I was young enough to get a little bit afraid. Now, of course, my parents who are older, they probably got home for dinner and was like, where's Jade? I thought you were picking him up. No, I thought you were picking up. And then, of course, they jumped in the car and were stressed out and went to get me. But that story that I wrote at that point in time was a story of fear, right? A story of not being loved, a story of being left behind. Now, sometimes we write these stories and sometimes we don't. I talk about the story of having a pretty volatile mother when I was growing up. She was an incredibly loving mom, but she was dealing with issues in her own life. So she was volatile emotionally. That made me write a story in my subconscious that female emotions are not to be trusted. I had a brother who was uh, what I considered a bully to me when I was young. That gave made me write the story that I need to be tough and stick up for myself. These stories that we write in our subconscious, especially in our early development years, developmental years, influence all other ways of seeing the world that come next. Now, add to that stories that our culture gives us, stories about God and the devil, stories about good and bad, stories about being a good boy or a good girl or a bad boy or a bad girl, stories about what is expected of us being a good boy, stories like, you know, children are meant to be seen, not heard, you know, uh, finish all the food on your plate, uh, treat your elders with respect, all of these kinds of things are stories and these stories determine how we see the world. Many of these stories we did not even write ourselves. They come from our culture, things that we just accept and perhaps have never questioned. Now, if you understand that, you begin to understand where these things that are blocks to us getting the change we want and being the humans we want might come from. Now, if you understand that whole piece about stories, now understand this. If you're reading a book, let's say, a story or watching a movie that is a story, what is that movie or that book meant to do? It's meant to make you feel a particular way, isn't it? A good movie elicits emotions from you. A good book elicits emotions from you. Well, the feelings come from what? They come from the story. And so now we're painting a picture that the very first thing you need to look at is stories because out of stories become feelings. Out of feelings and stories come beliefs and identity. And out of beliefs and identity become actions and choices. And out of actions and choices develop habits and behaviors. And so the idea here is, is that we tend to focus on habits and behaviors when really that is at the very surface of change, but deep down in our core where change really matters is the stories we tell. And these stories, at least when we look at all of these stories in totality, which determine all the ways we feel about the world, which determine our beliefs about the world, they also 
demonstrate our identity to us. So the idea is that our identity is something that is derived from our stories and our habits and behaviors is something that is derived from our identity. Now, what do most people do if I told you, listen, we're going to change your identity? What would you do? Well, the vast majority of people are going to say, uh-uh, I'm going to defend my identity. The vast majority of the people spend their time defending what they believe. They look up information that reinforces what they believe. They uh, seek out information. They seek out people. They want things to defend their identity so they feel safe and secure in their beliefs. This is what I'm suggesting to you is the primary reason that you and me and everyone else can't make change because we are busy defending our identities instead of thinking about dismantling our identities. If there is a story determining your feelings, your belief, your identity, your actions, your choices, and your behaviors and habits, then that needs to change. But it can't change if we're trying to defend the stories. We need to tell ourselves new stories. If I want to have a productive, beautiful, romantic relationship with a woman, I'm going to have to rewrite the story of distrusting female emotions. I'm going to have to write a story that says, I trust women. Am I not? If I'm going to have a relationship with my brother, I'm going to have to rewrite the story that he was a bully to me. And this happened to me early in my 20s, by the way. I did a self-development seminar. Some of you may know this this seminar called the Landmark Forum. And in that, uh, I have mixed you know feelings about the Landmark education. But in that education, I realized at some point during that four or five days, I forget how long it was education, that I was a 24-year-old treating my brother, who at the time was a 28-year-old, as if he was a 12-year-old picking on an 8-year-old. That blew my mind because I was acting like an eight-year-old that he was picking on and treating him like he was a 12-year-old. I had to rewrite that story in order for me to have an adult relationship with him. And this is what we do all of the time. How many of us are treating our husbands or wives like our dysfunctional mother and father? How many of us are raising our children the way we were raised? How many of us are actually working to dismantle these stories? So we have got to, as humans, if we want to change, to become open-minded, to begin to think about the stories that we are telling ourselves, becoming aware of them and starting to dismantle them. Now, how do we become aware of these? I repeat this Over and over, for those of you who are longtime listeners of this podcast, you could probably tell me what is coming next. And those of you who are new, you'll hear this all the time. Your stories, which determine your feelings, which determine your beliefs and identity, which determine your choices and actions, which determine your habits and behaviors, those stories, you become aware of them by the patterns that show up in your life. The repeated patterns, the recurrent obstacles, the struggles that happen again and again, the stuck emotions, the things that life continues to give you. Again, you have a new relationship, but it ends up being the same pattern as the old relationship. You got a new job, you're making more money, but somehow you still have roughly the same money in your bank account. 
This is what I'm talking about. You try a new diet and for a time you have success and you go right back to doing what you were doing. This is what I mean by repeated patterns, recurrent obstacles, stuck emotions. Those things tell you you've got beliefs and stories that are wrong, that your identity needs to be restructured if you want to be different. So how do we do this? One of the profound ways that I'm going to talk about in this podcast is journaling and writing. Research has shown, and I have seen in my clinical practice, that there is something very powerful about writing something down. And yes, you can do this thumbing through text or writing in a note on your iPhone or typing on your laptop. You can do this that way. But there's something very different about putting pen or pencil to paper and actually writing things down. There is something about that physical process of writing that allows us to become more aware of our stories. And so journaling is hugely powerful. And there's no wonder that journaling is one of those things that seems to have very profound effects in helping people change and helping people overcome their struggles and even helping people overcome their traumas these big capital T traumas, things like written exposure therapy and story editing. These things have even been used for things like post-traumatic stress disorder. Journaling is incredibly powerful. And so one way that you can begin to do this is to spot these stories is you can think about any pattern. Let's just use diet and exercise since many of you know that world and know me through that world. So let's say that you're struggling and you've struggled with being able to change your diet in any significant way, okay? That's your recurrent pattern. That's your uh, struggle that happens again and again. That's your stuck emotion around food. So the idea is you would say, okay, I've got a story here related to food or related to dieting or related to my body composition or related to the way I look that I need to untangle. And what you would do is break this down into a process. First, you would write about the struggle. So let's use me as an example. I'm one of these people that has a sweet tooth. I'm very freedom-oriented around food. I like to be able to eat what I want to eat. I don't like being controlled. Already, you can see that I'm somewhat aware of the stories I've told. So I would begin writing the first phase of this journaling technique in regards to my dysfunctions around food, I would start writing about something. So I might say, you know, uh, I started a new diet and I'm going to write about it as it's in the past. I'm going to choose something that happened in the past to me. So I'm going to say, you know, I started a keto diet. I was four days into the diet and then I binged. And what I want to do as I write this story, I want to just be very simple in the beginning to say, here's what happened. And again, I'm writing this down with pen and paper. I went on a keto diet. I lasted about three days. Right before I got in ketosis, I got incredible cravings. And then I binged. Okay, so I write that down. Now, most people, when they write like this, they're going to want to stick with the logical linear sequence steps. This happened, that happened, this happened, that happened. Instead, I want you to get very clear one sentence, maybe two on the context. But next, I want you to start writing about the feelings. So in this particular case, I'm going to start writing about the feeling. Now, when you write about a feeling, you don't write about it in a linear, logical way. You write about it in a metaphorical, symbolic way.
We'll be back after a quick break. All right, time to talk about one of our sponsors. This one is one of my favorites. It's a long-time sponsor. You all know it. And if you don't, you are in for a treat. AG1. Now, for those of you who do not know AG1, I am very excited to introduce you to AG1 because it is one of the products that I've been taking for some time, and I take this almost every single day day. It acts as my multivitamin. It acts as my probiotic. It acts as my green drink. It does a lot of different things. It's an antioxidant and it has adaptogen herbs in it. This is something I use straight up, a scoop in water. It's also something surprisingly that I put into my protein shakes. It does turn those protein shakes green, but the flavor is so neutral that I don't even notice it. And it is a great way to get all these nutrients in. The things I love about AG1 is all the things I just mentioned, but the fact that when you think about it, look at all the different products it replaces. Prior to AG1, I was taking a bunch of stuff and it has replaced three to five different products for me. And so I really love this product. It is what most people would consider a greens drink if you just looked at it, but it is so much more than that. Now, I've taken greens drinks in the past. Number one, they tend to taste like swamp water. I love AG1 because it's a very neutral, pleasant flavor. And the other thing is, is that many of these used to raise my blood sugar because they put other things in it, extra starches, tapioca starch in particular, and AG1 does not do that. The other thing about AG1 is it does testing constantly on keeping its product clean and it is on its 50 plus iteration so they keep making this product better and better but look don't take my word for it really you should try the product to get ag1 all you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash next level drink ag1.com slash next level and they have a couple deals for you specific to that Link. This is one of my favorite products. I urge you to get on AG1. It's going to be one of those things that you do for a very long time and be extremely beneficial for your health. Check the product out. Drinkag1.com slash next level. And let's get back to the show. Feeling and the unconscious mind do not think in logic and linearity and language. It thinks in metaphor and symbol. And so we need to give this feeling around this keto diet some context to make it more logical so our unconscious brain can communicate with our conscious brain. You can do this by giving the emotion a location, a temperature, a texture, a personality. Write about it as if it's a separate conscious entity. So I might say... Three days in, I started to get this nagging feeling in my solar plexus. It was almost like my gut was angry at me. It kept yelling at me. It kept gnawing at my stomach. It was this gnawing, empty, angry feeling. And I want to write about it in this way. It was in my solar plexus. It was just to the right of and and below my stomach. It was gnawing. It was painful. It was angry. And then I want to write about it as if it's a personality talking to me. And it was telling me that it does not 
like this. This does not feel comfortable. It does not like being controlled. It's like a wild stallion that's bucking and resisting being tamed. And I'm getting very clear about this. Now, that's part one. And so I get very clear about writing this story, but more the emotions of what happened. And what this is analogous to is me probing this knotted ball of yarn. And so I'm probing this looking for the right knots. Now, in part two, I began to ask what the story is behind this. So I might ask this gnawing, uh, bucking, stallion, uncomfortable feeling what it's trying to tell me. And I might say this story, this feeling is telling me it does not like being controlled. It wants to not have to worry about diet. It wants to do what it wants to do. And then that might bring up for me the fact that when I was a kid, I always resisted being told what to do. I felt as the youngest of four that I felt like my parents were constantly telling me what to do and my older siblings were constantly telling me what to do. And I was one of these people who just resisted that. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And I I would cause a lot of upheaval in the family because I would resist. And I might in this part write about this as a young kid, how I would resist being told what to do. I couldn't stand it. I was very freedom oriented. And so I'm writing this idea of like, I wanted control. I I didn't like being told what to do all the time. I wanted to just do what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be left alone. And now you're starting to see a theme, right? That this story and this emotion uh, around this thing that has to do with diet and exercise has to do with freedom and control, wanting to do what I want to do. Now I'm beginning to dig in and uncover a little bit about these knots, these stories that might be causing me issues in my health and fitness. And then in part three, I write about into the future, a person, myself, writing into the future about my future self. And I write in the present tense where I might say something like, I used to have an issue with food where every time I would go on a diet, go on a keto diet, I would binge. I would go on a fasting regime, I would binge. I would try to eat more protein and vegetables and then I would binge. And this was related to my need for control. And this was related to uh, my need for freedom. And now I do the turnaround, just like every story has an arc, right? First, there's this sort of painful struggle. And then there's this insight and realization. And then there's this sort of completion. So right now I write about the insight. And then I realized that I did not have to struggle with food that I could just become a taster of food and eat everything and not feel like I had to control myself around food. I realized that this control issue stemmed from people trying to control me when I was young. And now I eat what I want. I eat to 80% fullness. I eat only when hungry. And I don't worry about food in the ways I once did. And I maintain my health, and my fitness as a result of that. And now you can see that the story arc has come full circle. First part, I write about this struggle with the keto diet. Again, it could be any struggle I've had around diet and exercise, but I just choose an event and I write about it. Most importantly, I write about the emotions that are behind 
what happened. Then in part two, I really go looking for the emotion, but more importantly, the story that's behind the emotion. Where else have I seen this show up that might have nothing to do with health and fitness and food? And then in the third part, I make the turnaround and describe for my brain as it's watching me doing this journaling technique that I overcame this story. Now, what's powerful about this is the brain will begin to change to some degree once you do that. And you don't do it once. You do it twice. You do it three times. You do it four times. You do it at least five times over the course of five days or five weeks, depending on how you want to do this. I like doing it over the course of a very short period of time of five days. And then from there, the final thing you do is you go out and be it until you see it. You go out and you start to become the taster. You stop going on diets in the first place, right? Can you see how my identity around food, all of a sudden, if I have a new identity and I'm someone who is buying into the third part of my story that I no longer stress about food, I no longer fear, feel control around food, then I won't have the need to want to go on a diet ever. And so I resist the temptation to go on a keto diet, to go on a paleo diet, to do any of these things. And I instead enjoy food in a normal way. And my brain now gets to see me doing that. And I can go back and read in my journal as often as I need to, to remind myself, but then I have to go out and be it until I see it. Now, over the last several episodes, and really over the last year of this podcast, you've been hearing a lot of this. For some of you, it may sound like the same podcast on repeat, just described a different way. And the reason for that is when we are trying to unpack our stories, we oftentimes, in order to spot those deep-seated knots, what I call seed stories, the initial seed that grew the negative habits and behaviors, when we are digging down into that knot, we need lots of repetition. Many people will resist doing this. What they don't understand is that if you don't give your brain direction in the form of this journaling technique, you're not going to be able to make the change. There is something about writing this stuff down to unpack the story so your brain sees that you know. So your unconscious mind goes, oh, wow, they are becoming consciously aware of what is unconscious. And this is another quote that I bring up a lot from Carl Jung that says, if you do not make the unconscious conscious, it will follow you around and you will call it fate. Basically, that's just another way of saying if you don't get to the bottom of these unconscious stories, you're going to have repeated patterns, recurrent obstacles and stuck emotions. And you're going to think that that's just the world doing its thing. And you're not going to realize that you're the problem. Right. The Taylor Swift thing. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. This is what we're doing. It's ultimately helping you see that it's your unconscious stories that you refuse to dismantle that are causing the feelings that are then building the identity that are then causing the choices and actions that are, again, leading to the habits and behaviors. This is how you uncover this. And this is the work that I've been doing in many, many of my events. In fact, I have an event coming up in September, October of this year. It is an event that is going to walk you through this. It's an in-person event that's going to be held in Charlotte, North Carolina. Make sure you are on my email list 
go to the next level human list or the jet.com website. Get on the email list if you want to know about these events. But that's what these events are. When the experience event, the journey event, the awakening event, they are all about unpacking these stories to free you from the identity you have been defending. This is why this is important. Journaling is a piece of this, which we just covered. Meditation is a piece of this, which we have just covered. Cognitive behavioral therapy or the be it till you see it actions. This is also part of what we are talking about here. So I want you to begin to explore this in this way. I am going to be running these events. I want you to be a part of these events. And if you're on my email list, you'll start to learn an awful lot about these events. All you have to do is go to www.drjade.com slash events or www.nextlevelhuman.com slash events. Thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast. I hope you like this episode and I hope you're ready to do the work to dismantle your old identity. And I will see you at the next episode where we'll come back to some metabolism stuff because many of you have been asking me about some of the things in metabolism that I am going to make sure I cover for you in the next few episodes. Thanks so much, everybody, and I will see you next time. You have been listening to the Next Level Human podcast with Dr. Jade Tita. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe and consider leaving a review. You make the biggest difference when you pass on your lessons and inspire others. That's why reviews like this are so powerful. Your words may be the only ones that resonate for someone else. Please remember the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. Always consult your personal physician or therapist before making any lifestyle changes. And finally, thank you for who you are in the world and the difference you make. You make.